0: Hello, and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I wanna be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So, settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited for our conversation today. And it came from one of those really, uh, I guess, unique conversations. And we are joined today by Joe Mason. Now, Today's episode, I will put with a content warning. Uh, I'm putting the content warning there really to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge that you need to make healthy decisions about how and when and where you consume podcast content. Today's topic is around domestic and family violence. So please read the show notes and make sure this episode is right for you to be listening to right now, where you are and how you consume it. So, we will get into it. I'm super excited to have a conversation with Joe. Joe is the co-founder and CEO of Workhaven. I'm not going to introduce who Workhaven are, because one, I didn't know about them really a month ago, uh, and I think Joe's going to do it far more service than I ever could. So welcome Joe.
1: Thank you very much, Alana. Lovely to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, as you said, my name is Joe Mason. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Workhaven. We're an organisation that supports workplaces to take a meaningful, relevant and effective approach to domestic and family violence.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting because, well, no, I think exciting is the wrong word and I have to be careful of the language I use today because I get excited about lots of things. But the reason I say it's exciting is because, what I loved when looking into obviously this conversation and what Workhaven do is that what The team at Workhaven are doing is often bringing some uncomfortable conversations and bringing it to a comfortable platform. And like anything we do in Women in Safety, we're all about sometimes we've got to have those difficult conversations to break through. So, really inspired to hear, I guess, where Workhaven came from. Uh, So, if you can give me a bit of background
1: on how did Workhaven come about? Yeah, of course. Well, Alana. Seven or eight years ago, seven, eight years ago this year, um, I was. Just the same as many of the people that will be tuning in today, I was a um, senior executive. I um, was a marketing and communications professional. I had been for about 20 years and I knew nothing about domestic and family violence. But there was a significant incident at my home one night. The police were called and I could no longer avoid the truth, which was that I was impacted by domestic and family violence and I'd been living in that situation for about five years. So I left my situation and um, soon after I turned to my workplace for support I was struggling with my role with everything else that was happening and um, the workplace had nothing available for me they didn't understand domestic violence there weren't provisions available this was before the provisions that we now see today which is a really good step forward but this is before they were available and so As a result of the lack of understanding and support and everything else that was happening, I left my role and my career fell off a cliff face. My confidence had gone with it. And so I was really at ground zero again, um, starting from the very beginning in many ways in my life. And as I started to incrementally rebuild my life and my career, as I looked in the rearview mirror, I realized how different life would have been had my workplace had the understanding, the resources, and the motivation to provide that support and understanding. And my navigation through and beyond domestic and family violence would have been swifter, it would have been smoother there would have been less impact on my life and there would have been less impact on the workplace. Mm. And that realisation were really the seeds that started Workhaven. So Workhaven was planned for about three years. Um, at the time, I well, I still am an ambassador for Brisbane Domestic Violence Service and that enabled me to be in um, a position to learn more about domestic violence, mm. undertake research and really work out what was missing as far as support for workplaces to address this really complex and difficult topic mm. in a workable, relevant and meaningful way. So after three years of planning, we launched two and a half years ago. Um, we work with a range of organizations across the government, corporate and community sectors from so many different industries. I'm gonna
0: and, I'm gonna pause you because I do want to just quickly say um on the uh provisions and stuff that are in place uh, for those that are listening perhaps even outside Queensland and outside Australia, uh, obviously the provisions around domestic and family violence are not necessarily adopted completely in all states. Uh, Queensland have just had new uh, leave provisions put in place but outside of Australia, if you are listening in today, uh, we are talking about things that have been put in place from a workplace perspective. I just wanted to add that for our listeners.
1: Yes, thanks, yeah. Alana. And they are actually um, they, they, so those leave provisions are everywhere now in Australia. So they are okay. Ah, okay. Um, Yeah, which is a fantastic step forward. Um, So now workplaces are becoming more connected and people are starting to join the dots between why are we talking about a domestic topic in a workplace setting and workplaces are really stepping up to walk with us and provide the right support for people during this really difficult time.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so empowering to hear. And, you know, I, I certainly, to share some of, I guess, my side of, Uh, a story is you know I've been very fortunate to be in a very very loving kind home Uh, but one of the things when starting Women in Safety was we would often get approached in the very early days around are you supporting women who are looking to get out of domestic and family violence and I was like no goodness like that's not not my, like, that's not what I am uh, certainly across and an expert in by any means. Uh, But one of the things that it prompted me to do was I jumped on the white ribbon uh, page and I started to learn more, started to educate myself, became an advocate for and did all their online courses because I didn't want, you know, if women did seek us out as that place to kind of have that conversation, that it wasn't just a no, that's not us, go away. It was no, it's not us, but here's how, you know, here's a a word of advice or here's where I know that you can get support or, you know, there are these services available. And I think it was uh, something that I've always been quite, um, I guess, personally and professionally proud of is, is to make sure that I know where those services are, because I think at any time, whether it's, any woman in your life, whether at work, at home, you know, a friend, family member, wherever they come from, is knowing that you can support them.
1: Absolutely. And and often that is being there to listen, but then direct them to those specialist services that have that expertise and those pathways to safety. This podcast isn't about an expectation that people will become an overnight domestic violence counsellor, because there's mm. a risk to them and everybody else in the situation. It's really about encouraging people to lean in, learn more and become, we call it a well-informed traffic controller, somebody that understands domestic violence and its impacts, recognises the warning signs, is able to lean in for that really important but complex conversation and then guide people to expert support.
0: Yeah, and I think with the impact of the psychological safety stuff in Australia you know, understanding where this domestic and family violence piece fits into that kind of risk framework when we talk about, you know, and you think about, uh, I know there was a case, I think it was in 2020 or 2021, where it was a bit of that blurred line and that first kind of trial case where um, there was a worker that was working from home uh, and was the victim, unfortunately, passed away from domestic and family violence or was killed as a result of. Uh, And I think that certainly got my attention to go, hang on a minute how are we framing this up in terms of risk? Is that something that I guess Workhaven is really starting to help organisations frame up?
1: Absolutely. So it is about mitigating risk. It's also about generating awareness, making sure there's the right mechanisms, both formally from the organisation and informally through peer support for those provisions and support, making sure there's general awareness as a whole within the organisation. We often find that organisations that open up the conversation about domestic and family violence and do it well, also open up a range of other topics that people generally don't want to talk about that need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it can be have a really positive flow on for the culture as a whole. Um, but we give we give organisations really practical resources that will, as I say, mitigate risk, but also bring this topic out into the open so that people can um, reach out for support and colleagues lean in with that support and guidance to support and safety.
0: Yeah, and I think, as I said, really important with that, that psychological uh, wellness and psychological safety impact uh, on organisations to really think about, and this is what I say to uh, any of our, you know, in our membership, my consulting clients, is that let's not treat it as, a, as this, you know, oh my goodness, risk. Let's go. Where does this risk present itself? How does it present itself? What do we know about it? Let's do the assessment in our workplace. What have we? What controls do we already have? Where are we perhaps lacking? And put the right controls in place to support our people. That in the event that in the workplace uh, this is presenting itself, obviously from external sources, uh, how do we support them better? So I think you know having that risk look to it to go, this is a risk too. And we know, based on statistics around Australia, let alone the globe, uh, that it is happening to a number of people that we work with. So let's put it on that risk framework and go, how are we actually consulting with our workers and assessing what's going on so we can control it better?
1: Absolutely. And you're completely right that the um, domestic and family violence definitely fits in part under that psychosocial banner, that psychosafety banner as well. But also we do things, we work with clients and we provide things like safety assessments and that isn't a checklist. We don't want someone having a conversation where you're talking to someone that's really vulnerable and they've Mm. disclosed something that's so personal and feeling like they're answering questions that's going to be a tick or a cross or any of those things. And what does it mean for my job? What does it mean for my job? But mm. also, we don't want people to feel like they've opened up and they're just there to, you know, they're being asked questions to tick a box. So, yeah, we you have a research these, study. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm, so mm. We do things like safety assessments, um, but they're more a conversation guide. So, the organization feels really comfortable that they've asked the right questions and they've got a good understanding of risk, both in and out of the workplace for that person, but also that they've had a conversation about um, things that they can do to mitigate that risk, to make the the workplace as safe and supportive as possible for that person. Mm. Um,
0: My brain, as you were talking, just went to I also want to just pause and say let's just go back to the beginning, by the way, and can we just celebrate and cheer, everyone listening to the podcast can do a clap alongside me, of how brave you were to not only get out of the situation but to reflect and go, do you know what, if this was in place, you know, that bravery to stand up and say, you know, you didn't just throw the towel in on everything. You said, okay, that was absolute BS. Um, From an organisational perspective, that wasn't good enough. Uh, I want to change things. Not only were you healing from your own trauma, but you were brave enough to stand in that trauma and use it as such a power to change things for others. And I just think like I have goosebumps now and I just think that should be celebrated. And we probably, we got again, too excited to get into the <laughs> the meat of it and going, look at all the cool things you do. But I, I just definitely want to say, I think that's super empowering because not everyone has that opportunity and to stand in that trauma and use it as your, your passion and your why to say this can't keep happening. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Thank
1: you, Elana. Those words are really important. And and I'd really like to talk about that briefly on a couple of levels. So when I look back to that woman eight years ago, I talk a lot about domestic and family violence, both in my role at Workhaven, but also through work in the in the sector and with Brisbane Domestic Violence Service. And I rarely get emotional because I've told the story so many times. Mm. But when I look back to that woman or when I talk about that woman that that was me, Seven and a half Mm. years ago, I often do get emotional because I wish I knew then what I know now, Mm. and I just want to give her a big hug, and Mm. that hug wasn't available back then. But the reason I started Work Haven was I wasn't in control of my own life for so many years, and I didn't have my hands on the steering wheel, and. When I look back at domestic and family violence, either in my story or with other people, it makes no sense. There's Mm. no sense or purpose to a person treating another person like that. Mm. And by starting Work Haven, it puts my hands back on the steering wheel. Two and a half years ago, I went, right, I'm starting this. Mm. And um, it meant that I was in control of my own story from the past but I was also in control of my future Mm. and it meant that something good and positive had come out of something that was really crappy Mm. so there was some real clear reasons as well as a, a, a very clear need for this kind of a service. Mm, mm. There were some really clear personal reasons for me to start Work Haven, And even when I look back to Joe two and a half years ago when I was starting the business, um, I'm a very different woman again today mm. and that recovery journey continues. And the reason I'm sharing this at such length is that one of the pieces that we don't talk about that's really important with domestic and family violence is that recovery and rebuilding Mm. and I think it's really important that those of us that have navigated through and beyond domestic violence share our stories so that those that are still in the eye of the storm either they're living with Mm. violence or they're fearful of stepping forward because they don't know what's Uh. ahead or they've just come through the aftermath and they're trying to start picking up the pieces. Mm. If there are those of us that have navigated through and beyond that share our stories um, so that other people can see that they will get through this. Mm. And if you're listening today and you're going through it, I am so sorry. Mm. And, Believe me, there is support available for you. You can do this. Mm. Um, Please, you know, it's really important that we give these stories of hope um, for those that are three steps behind us.
0: Yeah, and 100%, I am all for if sharing a journey, a story, a moment makes it easier, and I'm talking from a, you know, certainly from a health and safety career path, I didn't have the easiest path. It's been a bit sticky and nasty at times. But I'm, this is exactly why the podcast exists, that if I can share those stories and let someone else know that they don't have to walk the hard path, that there is people who got to the other side, that you can do it, that, you know, resilience, calling on the network, calling on those around you, uh, calling on the right services to help you through, you can get through it. So, um, yeah, again covered in goosebumps because it's just so, so powerful Um, and certainly, as I said at the beginning, if you are still listening um, and you do need that support, please uh, make sure that you are reaching out to the right services. Now, Joe, I am excited because we actually have you coming back to the Women in Safety crew in May. So we are running a webinar with uh, Joe in May, which in Queensland is Domestic Family Violence awareness month and prevention month. prevention month I knew I was getting it wrong as soon as I said it that's I'm looking at Joe on the on the camera and I was like I knew I was getting that wrong um, and we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about some of those tangible things that you know you may not be ready to actually reach out to workhaven and say hey can you come in and help us deliver but what are some of the things the tangible things that we can be doing to get it off the risk register or off the page and actually living and breathing in our organizations because I think, like most things, we need to continue to have these conversations to make change. So uh, we haven't shared that uh, webinar yet, but we will be sharing that shortly. So I'm super excited to have you back then, Joe.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. So to all the women in safety that are going to participate, we'll be talking about what is domestic and family violence, but we'll also be talking about what are the cornerstones, what do you need in your toolkit in your organisation to t- take that meaningful and relevant approach, and we'll also be talking about the principles that need to underpin those resources as well. So it'll be a pretty full session, and hopefully mm. you'll get a lot out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. So we'll share uh, that as soon as that becomes available, and hopefully in the show notes we can link all that together if I get clever enough. Uh, but. Look, I hope everyone has managed to get something out of our conversation today, if nothing other than knowing that it may not be you going through this journey right now, but there may be others around you that are going out, uh, going through this and making sure that they have that support network. Because, you know, to hear that Joe, a very successful career, absolutely plummeted, on the back of something like this you know you're very fortunate that you've been able to rebuild but I'm sure it's had its struggles so I hope that others can learn that you know in the workplace we can make change but also if you are going through it that you can get through it
1: absolutely thank you so much for today Alana thank you to everybody that's listening to the Mm -hmm. podcast I hope you can join us for the webinar in May
0: yeah great thanks Jo thank you Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime, you start implementing some things to transform your career.